And what I learned from that experience just taught me so, so, so much. And I wanted to be able to share that um, and start to speak about it, which is why I wrote the article that I shared with you in the beginning. But I just want to dive into that conversation a little bit deeper. All right, everyone, welcome to the Divergent Evolution podcast. We are on a mission to have the biggest conversation we can about our potential for conscious evolution. We're going to be talking about self-leadership, spirituality, lifestyle, and diverging from the norm. Join me, host Tia Marie, author, educator, and founder of Sanatia, as I dig into hyper-focused perspectives on what it means to awaken in the age of information as divergent thinkers and creators. So welcome to the show. Today, the topic of my podcast is love and money. So I recently wrote an article um, inside the editorial on uh, the mechanisms of money. And if you haven't read that and you want to read that after you listen to this podcast, you can go ahead and find it on sanatia.com slash blog. It's a really great article and it explains my experience on basically a year-long journey Uh, exploring my desire for connection to a really deep love coming from a place where I was really uncomfortable. And I saw a lot of parallels in that experience um, to my relationship with money, because as a lot of people know and share, you know, there are very strong parallels to money and masculine and feminine energy. And we interact in this way in relationships and connections to other people, regardless of whether your partner is male, female, like the different um, positions that we each take in our lives as we oscillate back and forth in between these, these different qualities of our expression. And so it's not really about one being right or wrong. It's just about the experience that I had personally and how I want to share, you know, like where the intersections were in my own life and how I understood that in my, you know, kind of study of my relationship to money uh, throughout my entire career. Right. So I've been working, (laughs) since I was 17 years old it was funny I told my boyfriend a story the other day about when I was like 13 or 14 because we were listening to this podcast (laughs) on childhood programming and money and it was a really cool podcast I think it was nerd wallet and this coach this money coach came on and was asking the question like what was your first money memory And she was explaining that she works with her clients in this way and that we all have like memories of money and how money was handled in our homes and how much that determines how we feel about our relationship to money and what we saw our parents do and what we saw our grandparents do. And, you know, sometimes we have really traumatic memories of money and sometimes we grew up in homes where we didn't. And so for everybody, it's very complex, very different. And I started to think about my answer to that question as I was listening to the podcast. And I have this really funny memory, which is, 
you know, kind of like the only thing that stands out in my mind when I thought about it. And I think I was probably maybe 12, 13 years old. And I remember driving past this cafe uh, near where we lived. And I thought it was a really cool cafe. (laughs) And there was a sign in the window of like, we're hiring. Uh, We are hiring and come in and apply. And I remember sharing this with my boyfriend and kind of (laughs) feeling a little bit embarrassed that at that time, I thought about it the way that they did. But I remember literally thinking, oh, man, I bet they're going to have hired somebody by the time I'm 16 years old. (laughs) Because I really wanted that job. I thought it would be a really cool job. And of course, I was like 12 years old, 11 years old. So obviously, the place hiring was going to find someone in five years, (laughs) in six years. But that was my memory. Like, that's the memory that stuck out in my mind around money. And he, when I told I told him that he kind of laughed and looked at me and was like, that's really cute and funny. And also that's totally you, right? Like I love to work. I'm excited. I have been excited about working since I was a child. And what's really funny about that is literally just two days ago, my son, we were driving in the car and he's like, told me, I swear to God, he told me about this cafe that's near our home. And he heard that it was a really good place to work because they give you free donuts <laughs> and coffee. It was so cute. He's he's nine years old. And he's like, how old do I have to be to get a job? And I said, well, I think you can get a job at like 15 and a half, actually, 16. And he goes, oh, well, that's not that that's not that long. That's not that far. I'm almost already 10. And he's like, yeah, somebody told me that you know, that cafe is a great place to work. They give you free donuts and coffee and stuff. It sounds awesome. And honestly, I literally feel like that's exactly how I felt when I was that age. <laughs> like, I was like, that looks like a great cafe. There's looks like they make awesome food there. I hope that they're still hiring by the time I get a chance to work there. And the reason I bring this up is because I, when I was, you know, 17 years old, I mean, I started working when I was like 16, but when I was 17, 17 and a half, like I really started to pursue my career. Um, started, I wanted to be an executive chef. I started working in restaurants and I started working ironically at a cafe and I got a chance to, um, you know, learn how to work in the back of the house. The point is, is that I'm getting to is like, I had so, so, so many years of focusing on my relationship to money inside of these jobs in a lot of different facets. You know, when I was young, I spent too much when I was older, you know, I was always kind of, um, getting multiple jobs, you know, working on my career, working really hard, but, you know, never having like an excess, never having a surplus. And so you create within yourself these rules of engagement with money um, because you're accustomed to the relationship that you have with them and the relationship that you have with it. And it is a provisional energy. Money provides the possibilities that you have in your life and you're limited by it, quote unquote. 
you know, um, that's our perception. So it determines whether we get to do the things that we want to do, whether we get to go on the vacations that we want, whether or not we feel comfortable, whether or not we feel safe. And so in that sense, like, you know, money has a really great um, parallel with love and relationships. And I really went through a personal expansion of that in um, equal like learning as I was setting new standards and new intentions for the type of love that I wanted to experience. And I'm talking about like connection with another human, not only with money. And what I learned from that experience just taught me so, so, so much. And I wanted to be able to share that um, and start to speak about it, which is why I wrote the article that I shared with you in the beginning. But I just want to dive into that conversation a little bit deeper and explain how I arrived to that point. So, you know, when you get to the place with money, and I've heard people say this a lot in my world recently, like it just, you know, you get stuck in this habit with money um, and the way that you relate to it and how much you think you have access to and the different ways that you try to create more and you try to change it. And at some point it just starts to cycle so, so much because you can't really make like the big burst of headway that you want, that it gets kind of boring, right? Like the lessons get boring. You just get so fed up and frustrated with having the same experiences over and over um, that you have with money. And if you've been in kind of like personal relationships, romantic relationships ever in your life, where I know that I had this experience for a time where you feel like you keep dating the same kind of people, you know, you want bigger and better things, but yet your programming just ends up, you know, the desires, the little kinks that you have, the insecurities, the beliefs, like the dysfunction ends up attracting you in one way or another to the certain certain type of people and you end up like looping in the same way. And so, you know, last year, 2022, I put my foot down uh, in my life about the types of romantic relationships that I wanted to have. And I was willing to set a desire to say that I wanted to experience something new and just do whatever it took, right? Just go with what showed up, stick to that desire and observe and pay attention to what it would take in my day-to-day life, what it would take in my being, what it would take in my mental processing, what it would take in my thought systems to open up the space to actually allow me to experience like cataclysmic change. (laughs) And I say cataclysmic because it was not easy. It was not easy. But what I ended up doing um, was having the opportunity to meet somebody that I would define as a wild and free man. And this person, when I first was exposed to them or first was around them, immediately gave me this sense of um, like peace in my body. So I felt all of that frantic stress you know, trauma, energy, like nervousness, anxiety, just like disappear when I had never experienced this before. And for whatever reason, there I was just completely at, at peace, completely balanced. Like, um, it, 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 it created the sensation in me that would be 
similar to how you think it might work. <laughs> if you took some like magic anxiety pill and all of a sudden you were just like, ah, oh, that's, that's it. There it is. That's what I've been waiting for. <laughs> and that happened to me. And, um, and as a result, like, and I shared this in, in the article, it's like, I immediately started to like do the math on how different that was and also how important it was to me, like how highly valuable it was to me, right? That was a very valuable sensation in my body. That was a very valuable experience. That was like treasure. That was like gold. So when you touch, feel, get access to something that brings you back to equilibrium or brings you back to balance in that way, if you've never felt it before, it's really hard to imagine what that is. And then once you feel it, you kind of like cannot forget it. And there's this immediate sense of like perceived loss that comes in or the the capacity for loss because you're like this is really a treasure and what would happen if it was gone and then fear starts this is what you know this is my experience is like you know my subconscious was doing the math on that immediately and i felt the need to like I didn't feel the need in my conscious state or in the actions that I took, but the parts of me that create fear and perpetuate fear, um, you know, was like, Ooh, I have to, you know, make sure that I hold on to this somehow. And we think these things are external, right? We think that they exist outside of ourselves, but they're really coming from us to us. So it takes a just massive amount of courage, I feel, and fearlessness in general to change big sticky patterns with, with transformational relationships in our life. So like, to me, the things that have the biggest capacity to transform um, your life has always been like love and business right? It's like when I am creating in my business, when I'm taking risks in my business, when I'm focused on and learning how to um, navigate my business from a soul-led perspective, like that is a powerful transformational hub. The same comes with love and romantic relationships. And so, you know, courage and relentlessness to a, and a commitment to fearlessness from that space, you know, belief in oneself and one's ability to create an alternative reality is a very important position to take, a very important position of power to take. I want to read you something about the difference between wealth and money. So cultivating wealth is an act of love, freedom, and a sacred re rebellion. Being wealthy is different from being rich, but you cannot be quote unquote rich and fulfilled by money if you are not wealthy because wealth is what we treasure. And here's how I want to relate this conversation back to money. It is not our responsibility or even within our power to like control the way money comes into our lives, um, how we use it. It's not our job to tame it. It truly is a free and neutral resource, but it definitely responds to the way that you interact with it. And so learning for me, um, 
over the past, you know, like I said, when I spent this year, like focusing on what I called at that time, I still call like the desires of my savage heart, which was meaning that my heart was capable of, you know, creating from a place of grit and tenacity that I could hold myself, that I could handle anything that comes, that I didn't need to know how things were going to turn out, that I had no problem articulating my needs, wants, and desires, that I could support myself, that I could catch myself if I fell, that there was no risk. There was no risk. There was no pain. There was no loss, that it was time for me to just play. It was time for me to have a new experience. It was time for me to completely release all of the stories and the rules and the um, limited ways that I had interacted in, um, said yes to, (laughs) and created with partnerships in my life. Like I was done with that. I was willing to do what it took. To me, that took a lot of fearlessness and courage because my mind was always reverting to this place of fear around perceived pain and loss. And so I started to ask myself the question, like, what would I say yes to if I wasn't afraid of pain and loss? Does what I'm experiencing now feel good to me? And would I like to experience more of it? And if I do, can I just say yes to that without trying to protect myself? To me, money has a similar energy when you're trying to make big, massive change. Um, And so on one end of the uh, conversation about how to shift your relationship with money in a big way, it requires that courage. It requires that belief in yourself. It requires that, you know, vision, right, into where you want to go without knowing how to get there, without, um, you know, reverting to states of constant states of fear, constant states of lack, constant states of worry. And a lot of times we're not really aware of how much this is happening on like a physical, sensational, energetic, like, you know, subconscious level inside of ourselves. So that's one aspect of like where where I really focused and see the parallels. On the other side, that that big belief or that big vision for change also needed to be backed up by a lot of um, structure, a lot of organization, a lot of rebuilding of self, a lot of rebuilding of habits. And so I loved in my experience how these things, you know, grew together side by side right? But I I had to not only ask myself the question, what I would say yes to, I had to say yes, yes to it. And then I had to deal with the way that I felt after I said yes to it. Um, and then in order to support myself through the acts of courage, through going some through something that was unfamiliar, um, a little bit raw. It required a lot of self-care. It required what I perceive as like relentless uh, focus, relentless commitment to managing my thought systems. That would mean anytime a fear would come in, anytime I would start to self-sabotage, anytime I would react um, in in a body way with, with like that lack of control, I would have to offset that by creating a new way of relating to it. And so you can do that in relationship with money in a lot of different ways. You can do that by 
creating structure, taking care of things that you don't want to take care of. Like if you are in a position where you're ignoring um, and you're not acting in a quote unquote loving way um, with the way that money moves through your life on any level, on any, on any level of, of your um, relationship to it, you can address that, change that and, and create a new way of relating. I also like to ask myself, like, how would I behave if I was feeling like deep love and connection, especially in my relationship with money? Would I be ignoring things? No, obviously, when you ignore important things that are going on in your relationship, they just become bigger. (laughs) The problems become bigger. Things um, go unsaid, resentment builds, uh, you know, the, the fire dies, right? Like you're not cultivating health. You're not cultivating that wealth. It's not being treasured in you. So, you know, these are all things that, that I learned and that I really find valuable right now in the moment as I'm, you know, expanding on my journey to continue to grow, um, continue to like shift and align to higher and, and new levels of myself inside of that. And they're really good questions to ask yourself. So I have a series of questions here. If you ever want to, you know, do a little journaling exercise on that, you can ask yourself, how do you feel next to money? Does your body feel relaxed and feel balanced? Can you let go of fear and frenetic energy? Are you afraid of losing money or never having enough? Are you connecting to money with the energy of desperation? Are you always worried you won't be okay? Are you accepting money for what it is now? Can you appreciate it? Can you feel into every crevice and corner and can you love it? Can you let go and provide? let it provide exactly what you need in every moment because it holds you? Can you say yes to it, right? Can you say yes, there is no pain and loss? Can you let it go? Can you set future intentions to cultivate wealth while shifting your vibration in the now? Do you believe in yourself? Do you believe you can create more money now by releasing what is not in resonance with an internal state of abundance? Can it meet you in your fullness? Are you committed? Is it sacred? Are you willing to show up? See, these are all things that I think are really important to consider because oftentimes like we're not paying attention to the nuance of the way that we relate back to money. And there's always a way for you to make it sacred. It's There's always a way for you to feel wealthy, feel rich, feel provided for with exactly what you have right at the moment. And when we are like stressed out about money, right? Like, cause when I talked about in the beginning of this podcast, like how, you know, I started working when I was really young and had a very long, you know, successful career. I've, I've made a lot of money, but I was never able to release that internal state of stress related to money, no matter how much money I made. So it was never really about the amount and oftentimes we think, oh, it only if only I could just make this amount of money, then I would be set. <laughs> then I'd be able to relax. Then I'd be, you know, fulfilled. But that's never true. And the opposite also is not true. There are people who have grown up in 
um, families that had, you know, generational wealth or a lot access to a lot of money. And then these are also people who feel no fulfillment from it and end up having to go through the process of trying to define what it means in their lives, how they value it, and in essence, create a loving relationship with it that has that depth that releases the programming um, on the same end of the conversation, just the opposite spectrum. So there really is not a, a place that we get to in our relationship to money that does not relate to how um, true it is that we are actually responsible for cultivating like an internal state of wealth, appreciation, gratitude, trust, faith, you know, courage, all of those things, uh, you know, in order for it to be healthy for us, in order for it to fulfill us, in order for it to create like uh, like a generational um, impact with our children, in our lives, like the legacy that we, we want to leave behind, right? I was also listening to a podcast the other day where people were talking about uh, how, you know, the families or the children of immigrants are actually usually uh, a group of people that make a lot of money and are very successful because they see the investment that their parents made by coming to a new country, by seeing how valuable it was to have the opportunity to create businesses, to work really hard, um, and to, like, have that appreciation for the capacity that they had or the potential or the possibility that they had to work. And that, you know, people who um, maybe grow up with generational wealth or in very wealthy families are usually not the ones that carry it on and create more wealth because they just don't have the same appreciation for that grit, for that hard work, for that courage, right? And so I just find all of this to be really um, interesting. Um, has created a lot of observation in myself that has been really fruitful. And, you know, it's a topic that really excites me. And I hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode. I hope you had some, you know, thoughts. If you want to share them with me, you can always email me at magic at or you can comment on this um, live stream inside of my group. I'd be happy to share my thoughts with you. Um, but yeah, to, to close, really what it is, is like, we have to love money in our lives and let it show up for us exactly how it is now. We have to be able to let it go, let it move and, you know, respond with gratitude and appreciation because money moves in all directions, but it's magnetized towards the direction in you that opens to it fully and puts it to use with intention and raw primal desire. Hope you have a great day. Bye.